Hi, and welcome back to this podcast, Boy and the Wolves of Chilga, the first in the Wolves of Chilga series. Episode 3 The Pack Runs. That same day, far away in the mountains of the north, the general shifted the weight of his armor on his shoulders. He looked down on the forest, and in the far distance, the plains beyond that led to the south. So this is the land of the wolves. You have done well, Colonel. The wolves weaken daily, you say. Excellent. Our lord the emperor will be pleased. What of the wolves that gathered and then left the forest ten nights ago? I sent men, our best men, after them that same day. We do not know their purpose but I'm sure they would not have left the weakened packs unless it was important for their protection. The men have orders to track and kill them, and any others they think may threaten us. The general nodded and smiled grimly. Soon we will overrun them, and then the villages, and finally this land of the wolves will be ours. Boy could not believe that barely two hours later he was standing by Wolfsa, ready to leave. Food and essential equipment prepared and bagged in two baskets for the wolves to carry. Directions given to the mountains of the west. All the villagers gathered. Detra and Milena's parents were all talking quickly and earnestly, their faces full of worry. Others were pointing him out and whispering. He hated being looked at that way. The wolves stood tall and proud, fur glistening in the sunlight. Wolfsar turned to Wolfria, who spoke his words. It is time to leave. It is a right that Longtail bear the weight of Detra, Growler for Melena, and Biter will take you, boy. A large wolf stepped forward and stood before him. It leaned towards him and sniffed his face. He felt the wolf say, Hmm, you smell strangely, boy. Before he could think of an answer, Melena ran over to him. Detra's telling all the boys what an adventure is going to be. It is exciting, boy, isn't it? Boy didn't know what to say. He couldn't tell her he was frightened, had never ridden before, and wanted to be home with Gramdy. He shrugged his shoulders and looked up at Biter. I suppose so, but it's a long way down, isn't it? It is but we're going to be going very slowly at first, so we can get used to riding. She couldn't help showing her excitement. And it'll be such an honour. Never in the history of our village or any other village has anyone been carried by a wolf. Her parents were calling for her to return. It'll be fine, honest. As she ran off, Walser addressed all the villagers through Warfria again. We do not know how long the journey will take, only that we will take care of your cubs as though they were our own. So saying, he told the three wolves to prepare themselves for the children. Biter lay down beside Boy. Climb onto my back. Try not to be too clumsy. Even lying down, Biter was still very tall and came up above his waist. He didn't know what to do. There were so many people watching him. He was also worried about hurting the wolf. Suddenly a pair of hands were under his arms. He turned to see a smiling Luntra, who easily lifted him up and gently placed him on the wolf's back. 
You can practice getting on when there are fewer eyes upon you, he whispered and laughed as he ruffled Boy's hair. Thank you, Lantra. Before he could say any more, he felt the wolf stir beneath him. Boy grabbed Bice's fur to hang on to as the wolf slowly got up and then suddenly he was looking down, a long way down, at Luntra and the rest of the villages and the ground. Sentra spoke. May the fortunes of this village and the land ride with you. Musa replied, And rest upon you. Boy looked around. Musa was in front of him. Detra and Melena were beside him, grinning. Boy just clung on. He was only too aware of how far the ground was below him. He decided he was right. Riding a wolf was not going to be fun, just scary. The other wolf stood waiting and watching Wolfsa, impatient to begin. Ouch, that hurts, whispered Biter in his mind. Boy realized how tightly he was gripping his fur. Sorry, Biter. Then Wolfsa was moving forward and all the pack with him. Biter moved and Boy instinctively gripped his fur again to stop himself falling off. Sorry, Biter, repeated again as he felt rather than heard the gentle growl beneath him. As they left the village behind him, he became aware how luxuriant the wolf's fur was. He wanted to stroke it and run his hands through it, but somehow knew that would be wrong. Boy, Wolfsa summoned his attention. Boy, the other children, they cannot hear me. You must speak to them for me. Tell them we will walk for the first hour or so, so you may get used to riding on our backs. Then we must begin to run. Boy shouted across to the others, and they just nodded, for they, like him, were concentrating on staying up. Boy began to take in the countryside. They were heading across gently rolling grasslands, broken up by small woods. To their left, the hills where the tunnel lay. In front of them, in the far distance, the blue jagged mountains of the west. They looked so far away. Also, how long before we get to the mountains where the purple mountain is? asked Boy. We do not know. None have travelled that far. Perhaps the moon will rise and fall before we reach there. Come, it is time to learn to stay on when we run. Hold on, and with your legs remember. Boy warned the others, and then felt to begin to move more quickly. The ground beneath him was rushing past. Far too quickly, it would be a hard fall if he came off. He felt himself bouncing on Bison's back and tried to hang on, but he was sliding. He shouted out, and before he knew it, he felt the wind knocked out of him, his whole body jarring as he thumped onto the grass and rolled over and over and over. Boy groaned and lay still. He was sure he had broken his back, head, and legs. He felt warm breath against his face. Are you hurt? Biter was nudging him gently, checking him for injuries. You must concentrate. We must hurry. The wolf continued to check him over. But I'm hurt, boy moaned. Biter laughed. You will survive. And remember the sick ones we have left at home. Quickly now. Climb on again. Boy got up, embarrassed that everyone was watching him. Biter lay down beside him, and Boy scrambled up. 
He felt Biter growl deeper within his chest as he dug his feet into the wolf's flanks. At last he was on top. He lay flat on his back, arms around Biter's neck, felt the rich fur against his face and the warmth of his body against him. He concentrated, trying to grip with his thighs and arms. But it was hard, and time and again, Biter had to remind him not to pull on his fur. As the pace quickened, Boy's head started to thump against Biter, so he was forced to hold his head up against his neck. He turned to see Detra Malena sitting up, concentrating, but almost part of their wolves. He tried to sit up a bit, felt his grip go, and grabbed a handful of fur. Biter immediately complained, so he continued to lie against his back as much as he could. They rode for what seemed like a very long while. His thighs started to ache from gripping, his neck and arms ached. He was relieved when Wolfsa called a halt. Children, you need to give our riders a rest from your weight. Biter lay down for a boy to slide off. The wolf stood up and stretched his back. Boy did the same and was about to sit down and rest properly when Wolfsa spoke. Boy, you must run for a while. My people cannot carry you the whole time. Boy started to panic as he told the others. Detra Malena just smiled happily, which made it worse. Before he could think of any reason not to or ask why another wolf couldn't carry him, the pack began to set off. Although their pace was slow, it was faster than Boy was used to running. He could feel the stitch building up as he struggled to stay with the other two. Wolfsa, I can't, I can't do this, he gasped. The pack stopped and Boy bent over, gasping for breath. What's the matter? asked Malena. Are you ill? Walsa towered over him, a worried expression on his face. We must push on, Boy, he said. Again, the embarrassment. He was beginning to hate this whole thing. He was hot and tired and he ached. He knew he'd have to admit he couldn't run fast, never had, never would. Boy spoke out loud. I can't run. I'm no good at it. I never have been. How can you not be any good at it? Everyone runs in our village, said Dedra. Boy felt the blood rushing into his face. Well, I just can't, he said ashamed. Then we must help you run, Wolfsar interrupted. Each of you look for a thick fallen branch, four heads long. I will explain when such a branch has been found. The wolves scattered, but soon returned with an assortment of dead branches. Walser inspected them. Some were too brittle, or too thick, or too short. He picked one up in his mouth and brought it to Boy. It looked quite like bamboo, long and thin but strong. Grey paws, you and Fleetfoot hold the branch between you. Boy, stand between them and hold on to it with both hands. We will pull you. We must teach you to run, for there can be no delays. At Wolf's signal, the two wolves held the makeshift pole in their mouths. They lowered their heads so a boy could stand between them, gripping the pole in the middle. Slowly, they set off again. He was instantly jerked forward. He thought his arms had come out of his sockets. He stumbled as though he had been pulled along and felt the pole slipping from his grip. He tripped and fell on his face. The wind knocked out of him. Boy just wanted to cry, but he knew he couldn't, not in front of the others. He swallowed hard and got up. He tried to ignore the aches and pains that seemed to be all over his body. Suddenly, Belena was beside him, 
That must have hurt. Look, why don't you bend your arms a bit and hold the branch like this? He felt himself calming down. Pleased he seemed to understand. It also meant he didn't have to look at the others. At first, he struggled to keep up and not be jerked along. But gradually, he got into a rhythm. Although it made his arms and shoulders ache, it took much less effort to run. After half an hour, Boy was exhausted and gratefully returned to Biter's back, his shoulders, hands, legs burning. But that too was hard work, and his legs quickly began to feel numb. Running, riding, running, riding, the day seemed to go on forever. As the sun set, Walter declared they would halt in a small copse by a stream. He heard Detra and Elena talking about a fire and food, and what fun it was and how hungry they were. He ignored them and went to look for the baskets. Two of the wolves had been carrying the baskets in their mouths and had put them down together by a tree. They held essentials for the children, and a third now folded up to carry the goodness back that was to be found on the Purple Mountain. He pulled out a blanket, tired beyond thirst or hunger. He spread it out, lay it down, and glorying in the softness of the grass, fell instantly asleep. He was awoken by a Milena nudging him, telling him food was ready. He curled back into the blanket and closed his eyes. Wake up, sleepyhead. Time for breakfast. He reluctantly sat up. There were bits of twigs sticking into him. He was on the ground. It was half light. Hurry up, Walser is up and pacing. I think he wants to go. He opened his eyes. He fought to focus on what was happening. It began to come back to him. What had happened the day before and where he was. It was Melena, and she was holding out a leaf with some food of some sort on it. Detra was sitting cross-legged nearby, eating something similar. The wolves were milling around the edge of the copse. Boy took the leaf. It looked like brown rice and cooked vegetables of some sort. He was too tired to really notice. He followed Detra's lead and used his fingers and tried some. It was delicious. Sweet and soft and savoury, all at the same time. He started to wake up properly and realised how hungry he was. All too soon he'd finished it. Detra grinned. I've never seen anybody sleep as much as you just did. Melena smiled. I'm sure it's the right thing to do. It'll be easier today. Boy felt pleased and relieved they were friendly and not teasing him for being so tired. Or needing help to run. I hope so. He started to stretch. Everything really aches. I don't understand why the wolves couldn't have carried us. Before either of them could answer, Wolfzar's voice came into his head. Boy, we must hurry. Get a drink at the stream, and then we must continue straight away. He walked stiffly to the stream, drank thirstily, and threw some water over his face. He didn't have time to wash properly, and anyway, he wasn't sure how. He hadn't brought soap or towels. He stood up, stretched, and turned around to find Biter behind him, looking down, with deep black and yellow eyes. Time to run, boy. But I say this, I wish you were just a little lighter. Just as Boy felt the colour going to his face, Biter growled a laugh and touched Boy's forehead with his nose. Come, 
You look ready to be riding, not running for a while. Thank you, Biter. I am stiff. Will we be running all day, even longer than yesterday? He knew the answer, really. Of course. And this time, we must try and go a little quicker. Worried and tired in equal parts, boys scrambled on and clung on as the pack began their chase across the plains. The mountains were still just a blue haze in the distance in front of him. As ever, Walsa led. Now they were going faster, they fell in line, one behind the other. Wolfsa and the lead hunting wolves, then Boy, Malena and Detra. Lastly, two wolves carrying the baskets in their mouths. Boy gradually got used to the increased pace and his limbs continually aching, riding, running, riding. The day felt interminable. They had only had the shortest stop for a snatched mouthful of food and then on again. That evening, he stayed away just long enough to eat some food before crawling into his blanket to instantly fall asleep. By the end of the third day, Boy was still exhausted, aching perhaps even worse. But he was sitting more comfortably on Biter, and he was running further and faster than he ever had. He still couldn't find it as easy as Malena or Detra, who seemed to love riding the walls. They made it look so easy. He'd also gained an appetite and looked forward to their meals together. The food was so tasty, even though he had no idea what they were made from. All the vegetables and fruit looked different from anything he'd seen before, but they tasted so good. As he sat eating his meal with Malena and Detra, Boy turned to Biter and asked why the other wolves didn't share the burden of the children. It's because we are descended from those that carried the first stranger to our lands. It was during the time and wars of the ravages. All three died carrying and then protecting her. So, in memory of their sacrifice, only direct descendants from the three may carry a stranger. And that is the reason only Growler, Longtail and I may carry you. Please, do not ask more. For it is only right that when the tale is told, it is in full. It would not be fitting to rush the telling on this journey. Perhaps when it is over, there'll be such a time. Boy was full of questions about who the stranger was and the wars, but he didn't want to offend Biter and instead concentrate on his food for a while. The meal over and Boy was thinking how nice it would be to curl up in his blanket when Detra leaned forward to look at his scar. It was healing, the redness had nearly gone, but not the outline. Does it hurt? asked Detra, fascinated. Boy shook his head. It does look like a wolf, you know, commented Belena. You sure? Boy twisted his shoulders to examine it. Yes, you can see the outline of the face, Belena replied as she traced it with her finger. His eyes and nose and mouth, here, here, and here. It's definitely a wolf. She stared at her finger. Does it feel warm to you, boy? Because my finger's tingling. Can I put my hand against it to check? Sure, boy replied. I, I can't feel anything. She put her palm against the scar and turned to Detra. It is strange. I can feel a heat and tingling all the way along my arm. She jolted back, puzzled. Didn't you feel anything at all, boy? Nothing. He shrugged his shoulders and looked at them both. No, nothing. You do it, Tetra. Go on, 
Taking his hand, she placed it on Boy's arm. Boy smiled indulgently at Detro, who half smiled back. Then his expression turned to alarm, and Detro quickly pulled away and sat away from Boy. Malena's right. I felt the heat go right up my arm. What did you do? Boy didn't know what to say. The three of them stared at each other. I, I didn't do anything. He put his own hand against his arm. See? Nothing. I, I didn't do anything, honest. The three of them looked at each other. Wolfson sensed something was wrong and moved towards them. You look puzzled. Is there a problem? Yeah, there is, said Detra. It's Boy's arm, the scar. It gives off a heat. That's right, agreed Malena. She stopped, put her hand to her mouth. I, I understood you all, sir. I understood what you said without Boy saying anything. I did too, Detra said. How can that be? They both stared at Boy with their mouths open. Walsa went to inspect and sniff Boy's scar, placed his nose against it, and then nodded. He looked deeply into Boy's eyes. Boy started to wriggle uncomfortably under his gaze. There is much to you, Boy, that none of us understand. I think you may have the powers of the one that came before you. When you discover them, use them wisely, for all our sakes. The other two continued just staring at him. Boy felt the colour rise in his face. Things were happening that he didn't understand, and that scared him. He was scared because it could mean he was supposed to solve their problems. He's eleven years old, not thirty-one. It wasn't fair. But I, I don't have any powers. Please, what powers? What am I supposed to do? Walsa gently touched his face with his own. Calm, be calm. All will be revealed when it should be. We are here to help and guide and protect you. Now, he said, looking at all three of them, in turn, it is time for rest. Your riding and running skills have all improved. Tomorrow is a big day, for the pack will run full pace. Come to bed, children. They all stood and looked at each other. Nerves and disquiet were quickly replaced with excitement. Even Boy felt excited at the thought of sitting on Biter when he was running full pace. This is going to be great, but... Detra pointed at Boy's arm. What you did with that scar thing? That's still weird. Ignore him, Boy. Walter's right. It will get sorted. I'm sure of it. Malena smiled and handed out the blankets. Later, as he lay in bed, waiting for sleep to take him, Boy thought again about his arm, the powers, and wondered once more what it all meant. End of chapter six. This was Boy and the Wolves of Chilga, written, narrated, and recorded by Simon Taylor. For more information about Simon Taylor, his books, radio broadcasts, and school storytelling, go to www.simontaylorstoryteller.com.